This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Thanks for being with us. Well, as you know, whenever we see reports of wildfires or any type of emergency, whether or evacuations and uh, people in life-threatening situations, we often also have stories about animals, whether it's animals who were left behind, animals that can't be taken to various shelters or evacuation centers. And it does seem like it's something that maybe needs a bit more attention paid to it. Well, the BC government has invited the BC SPCA to share recommendations at a meeting tomorrow and it has to do with including animals in emergency planning and response and joining me on the line to talk a bit more about this and what this means is Marcy Moriarty Chief Prevention and Enforcement Officer with the BC SBCA. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me on. Where do animals fit right now as far as emergency legislation? Well, currently animals are considered um, at the discretion of a local municipality. So it is really left up to municipalities as to whether they want to specifically include animals in their emergency preparations or response. And, And we think that with the BC government looking to modernize their emergency management legislation, that this is the perfect opportunity um, to, to ensure that animals aren't just left at the discretion. So what would you like to actually see written into legislation? Well, I think, one of the, again, the most important things is that animal issues and animal management and animal um, safety is considered uh, mandatory as part of the preparation for emergency response and response um, in this province. So currently there would be two separate um, issues. One um, would be to have a coordinated approach to deal with Um, animals left behind evacuation lines, so domestic animals, if people have had to flee their homes and they've left their animals behind, a coordinated approach on how how those animals are are assisted. And then the second one is around animal evacuation centres and that they be contemplated just as well as with um, municipalities, uh, consider human evacuation centers in those areas. Those are those are two of the major ones. We also want to really look to see um, collaboration and coordination, uh, which is really fo- uh, highlighted in in the government's paper around this. That in- would include animal um, organizations as stakeholders. Uh, all right. So let, let's look at the, the one, because one of the things that comes up as well, when you mention animals left behind, whether whether it's people that have, have had to pick up and leave and don't know exactly, maybe their animal isn't, isn't right there in front of them. Or in some cases, I know people have been in an evacuation zone. Maybe they've been out for the day and suddenly they can't get back to their homes and their animals are in their homes. What, how would that change? Well, and again, that's one of the most serious situations that we at, at the BCSPCA have been called in to assist with in the past. Um, we're uniquely sort of placed because we have special provincial constables who already have the ability to, um, you know, attend on property, uh, whereas in certain circumstances. So in this case, it would be providing certainty and coordination on how that response and who would be able to, to respond. The document paper does talk about different categories of volunteers and mentions a category called service providers, whereby um, there would be certainty in the preparation that, okay, if this is needed, the the local authority would contract with a certain trained organization. Um, That that would be one of the the highlights. We have, again, ad hoc responded to emergencies um, in the past, obviously the most recent being the fires and floods in 2017 and 2018. And I think 
now is the time to it not be an afterthought with animals, um, but really put it the foremost in, in terms of uh, planning going forward. Because as it stands now, if we're in a situation where an area has been evacuated for, for whatever reason, SBCA can still go in, can't they? Or do you have to be invited to go in if there are animals or that's an issue? Well, we have to be invited um, because, of course, there's uh, there there's the laws around the setup and who, who first responders can attend. And I think, again, some certainty with respect to contemplating um, who would be allowed and the extent of also, too, what um, what assistance there may be in um, financial assistance, uh, quite frankly, in, um, in this type of response. Uh, that's been one of the areas I know for many organizations is everybody is really wanting to help, but the ability to have some training provi- provided and some assurance that at least some costs can be recouped um, as part of uh, the government's overall budget for emergency response. And you've also mentioned, or there has been a lot of talk as well about individuals who would be reluctant in many cases to leave their homes. If you have a choice of you have to leave and perhaps leave your animals or you're going somewhere where your your animals can't go with you, I would think a lot of people would say, well, forget it. I'm going to take my chances and I'm going to stay here. And is it the legislation then, is it trying to alleviate people, putting people in a position where they would have to make that choice? Well, you've raised exactly, I mean, we've, you can't turn on your TV during a disaster and see, uh, without seeing those interviews with heartbroken um, animal owners or people saying, look, I'm not going to leave. And that puts first responders and those individuals and their animals at risk. And so absolutely what, what we are recommending is that within this preparedness part that municipalities and our local authorities are going to have to look at to include that animal evacuation piece so that it's not, as it is now, more of an afterthought or it's at the discretion, that that would be um, part of the plan. And also, too, uh, the the current government plan suggests um, a requirement that emergency management plans um, be in place within different institutions, different um, essential services. And we think that that's a really important part for um, organizations or industries that have animals um, included in them or businesses that they, they've contemplated, okay, what is our emergency plan? How, what are we going to do if we have to evacuate um, in, in an emergency situation? Uh, because I've even seen situations with evacuations where the animals, if people have been separated and then at evacuation centers, the animals are in cages and are held in one part of the, the center, which seems, I get it, that there's not maybe somewhere else to take them, but the animals are stressed. It's not ideal for them. The owners are stressed. It just doesn't seem like it's the, that we've really paid enough attention to it. Absolutely, and I think that's where that planning and and I think many organizations now are turning their mind to developing um, standards and protocols for um, setting up these emergency animal centers or the integration of animals within um, where their humans are being kept. And so this is something that we're very pleased the government sort of opened up the door to this discussion. And as long as um, animal-related issues uh, and animal organizations are considered a stakeholder, I think we can see improvement in that area working together with um, with local governments and First Nations because I think this is a this is a problem that's not going away. We're seeing more and more emergencies and now is the time to look, see if we can get ahead at least a little bit. And just to be clear, we're talking domestic animals, pets, but are we also talking about livestock or is that a completely different area? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. We're talking, I think, about all sorts of classifications of animals. With respect to livestock, there are some some certain requirements, um, uh, but I think that the emergency planning is is equally important. Or businesses um, that, for instance, have uh, have animals that there is some requirement for some planning. And and we've really seen an overwhelming response from the public on this issue um, that, that do think that it is important to include animals within the context of emergency planning. Uh, there was a petition that you were asking people to sign. It's almost at its goal of 20,000 people. So what's going to be happening next with that and moving forward with this? Well, yes, we're, we're really encouraging people to visit our website and sign this petition, just lending their name to say to government, yeah, we, we want to see animals specifically included. They can go to our website. We're at 17,636, but we'd love way more than that. The next step, government had reached out um, as one of our uh, many stakeholders to provide comment, and we're looking forward to meeting with them. Um, unfortunately, our meeting tomorrow, actually, I just found out got cancelled, but we <laughs> will be meeting with them next week um, and providing our written submissions. Um, and we're, we're uh, cautiously optimistic, I think, that we're going to see a change for animals um, in emergency preparedness and planning in this province going forward. All right. Well, we will uh, keep uh, tabs or keep uh, in touch with you and see what happens next uh, following that meeting. Marcy, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. All right. Marcy Moriarty, Chief Prevention and Enforcement Officer with the BCSBCA. And again, if you're interested in signing the petition or learning more about that, you can head over to their website and all of the information is there for you.